0: Um, but I just wanted that my mom couldn't be here this morning. We are on their sabbatical and they are having an absolute blast. She said to tell you all that she misses you guys, she loves you guys, and sorry she couldn't be here, but wanted to just re-emphasize the heart of Conquer Connect. And that's that ladies really connect, that we come together and connect on a monthly basis, weekly basis if you did sign up to our, our Bible studies, but to re-emphasize the fact that we are connecting with each other, that we're not called to be in isolation, that we're not called to be isolated from, a, from other women, but to build each other up. So as iron sharpens iron, um, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend, and so as women coming together, building each other up, building relationships for accountability, for sometimes we just need somebody to talk to, and so that's the purpose in the heart of Conquer Connect, and so don't forget to do the connection part, because sometimes we come, but we forget to connect. So make sure that we take that time this morning just to connect with each other, Um, connect in your small groups. If you did sign up for a small group, make sure you connect with the ladies in there. Connect with your leader. That's what they're there for. We don't want it to just be something. You come, you hear a a devotion, and then leave again. You can do that on your own. You can do that online. But the purpose of it being a small group is that we are truly able to connect as a body, as women, in small groups so that we can build each other up. So not to forget that that, that's our purpose. But we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into the Word. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for each and every lady here. I thank you for your word this morning. I that you to administer through me, and not one lady would leave the same way that they came, that you would minister to us right where we're at. We thank you so much, and we honor you, and we love you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was praying, um, and I feel like I got a really cool word, and I'm really, really, really excited for it. Um, but first and foremost, I kind of want to set up the stage of this morning, that so many times as women, we are really good fakers. Um, really good figures. We can hide emotion really well. We can um, you know, we always on the, the good front, even if you know that person that we really just like, hi how are you? We fake things really, really well. And then so many times we bring that to church with us, and I feel like that there's two different sides of our ministry that takes place. That we come to church and sometimes there's this image that we paint, God's called me to be this. This is the woman I want to be, this is the lady that I want to be. So then we listen to the word and we take it in. But even though it does apply to our lives, we don't want to admit it applies to our lives because this is the woman that we're called to be, and we know that. But even though it really does apply right now, we don't want to apply it right now. We've all been there. But then we're on the other side of the totem pole where we know what God's called us to be. But then we feel like, I- I'm not that. I feel in way too many areas, in way too many places. I really can't be that. And so then we hear the word and we're like, that's really good, but I've tried it. I've been there. I've tried to apply that, and it doesn't work for me. So we've been on two sides. But like this morning as we get into this word, um, and I'm going to do it a little different. I want it to be coffee shop appeal. I want it to be sitting here having a conversation as if we're having a conversation one-on-one. I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm preaching at you or teaching at you because I'm working on the same stuff. I'm studying out when I'm living. It's not something I study out to go, God's not, you tell those women what they need to do. That's not him. And so this is stuff that we're all working out that I want to, I'm i going to sit down for the, for the message and just chill with you guys. So if you have a cup of coffee or if you don't have one or you need a refill, go grab one real quick. And we're going to sit down and just have a coffee shop talk. Um, you know, I kind of laugh. And like it's like table talk with Joni kind of thing. But we're just gonna, we're just going to chill and we're going to talk. But what I ask of you guys is that we make it real. I'm going to be real with you. And so I want you guys to be real with me as well. Truly acknowledge, truly take some time even now and just go, God, show me. Let me be honest with with where I'm at in my life. Reveal my heart to me. That's how we grow. And that's how we we push each other forward. It's not about we know who we're called to be. We know the things that we struggle with. But let's just be real. Take a minute. So many times, you know, we have to have the strong front for our kids, the strong front for our husband. Because if we fall apart, we know everybody falls apart. And so, taking that time this morning to just breathe and go, I don't have to have it together right now. I'm okay being exactly who God wants me to be. I'm okay being at the place and the weaknesses that I do have in my life. I mean, my question is, how can God show his strength if you never have a weakness? If we don't have a weakness, God can be strong. So, of course, we're going to have, I'm like, I want weakness. Why <laughs> give me more weakness? And reveal it. But let us be at a place this morning that we can truly be honest with ourselves. Because a lot of times I go into prayer and God reveals something to me and I'm like, that's really good. I should write that down. But I never let it penetrate my heart. I never let it really take root to go, I'm really dealing with this. And I'm okay to admit that. I mean, everybody tells you the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. That's kind of where we're at this morning. Where is, let, allow God to really speak to us this morning. And as I was praying, I'm going, it's, it's a Saturday morning, so we're all here for the purpose because we want to grow closer to God. We want to be that wife. We want to be that mom. We want to be that employee or employer. We want to be that person, that friend. Wh- whatever role you may fill. we want to be that. It's like prime yard selling time. And there's sports going on, but we choose to be here. Because we want to advance the purposes that God has. And I was praying for you last night, and I felt like God laid on my heart that there, I don't know if it's somebody, I don't know if it's somebody's. I'm not sure. But there's somebody here that when, when you hear the words, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you are here to grow in that. And God has a call in your life, and you are here because you want to advance in your life. It's almost like a dagger. It's almost like a dagger to you because you feel like, I don't know that I can truly walk out God's plan. I don't know that I can truly walk out what he's called me to do. I've tried that, and i failed that, or I've done too much that I can't attain that, or I can never do because I keep messing up. There's somebody in here that that's what, as soon as you hear God has a plan and a purpose, it's like, I want to believe that, but I can't. And as I was praying that last night, I almost felt like that same hopelessness that you may feel that goes, holy oh, yeah. cow. And so I was praying, going, God, what do you have for them? What do you, what do you have for us as, as a group of ladies? But I just wanted to encourage you that you're not powerful enough to mess up God's plan for your life. <laughs> it's, you're not strong enough. And so when you hear that, don't let that be a disheartening. Let that be, it's a lie from the enemy. And to think that, that thought captive and go, no, I know who I'm called to be and God does have a plan and I'm not strong enough to mess that up. And be free to be you. God never asks us to be perfect. So that's just kind of a, a general introduction and now we're actually going to get into the word. <laughs> but um, just being real. So I ask you guys if you'll open up your hearts and and truly just go, God, God, reveal it to me and be okay to admit it. It's my biggest thing. Be okay to be real. You don't have to have a spiritual front and you don't have to have a weak front, just be you as we, as we go through this. So as you guys kind of notice on your on your tables, there's a lot of emojis on there. And we're gonna be talking about emotions this morning because it's something, as ladies, we deal with constantly. I mean, a Hallmark movie, for example. I love me some Hallmark. I could watch it all the time. It's just fantastic. Jell's my Hallmark, buddy. Um, but, man, in one Hallmark movie, I think I experience every emoji on your table. Every one. I'm like, man, I hate that guy. And then I'm like, oh, she's so sweet. And then I'm crying, and then I'm laughing. And then I'm like, this is so stupid. Who does this? It's the same movie every time. I mean, <laughs> okay. We experience emotions constantly. And I was going to make you little flipbooks and I started that project. And it took me like four hours just to make the ones that are in front of you, so I decided, No to the flip books, look at the emotions, we're golden. But we experience, even just in an hour in our day, I mean, how many of you can be like, praising Jesus one second and turn around and chew out your kid the next? Right? Okay, it happens. It's like, I walk out of staff prayer some mornings, and something takes place in the office, or somebody makes a cut. my brother. My brother. Sometimes I walk out of staff prayer, and I'm like, I'm going to kill you. Jesus. So... We we do that so many times, and then we're like, oh, we feel guilty. Where did that come from? Why did I react that way? I don't want to react that way. And there's condemnation, and then there's... So how do we handle our emotions? Where do emotions come from? Why do we have emotions? Are they even good things? So that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. Um, So emotions are very good things. God gave us emotions so that we can experience life, not to destroy our life. But everything that God creates for good, Satan wants to twist and use for evil. And God gave us emotions. God gave us great emotions so that we can experience life. That's how we have empathy for each other. That's how we have compassion on each other. That's how we feel God's love. We show God's love. Emotions are good things. But Satan wants to twist those and use them for evil. And um, I'm going to come back to this, but just as kind of a forefront, every thought that crosses your mind leaves a mark on your brain. And when that's thought of over and over and over again, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, then when you make associations with those things, emotions and feelings, it doubles the depth of each one of those when it's attached to an emotion. And so we can train our thought life. I mean, if if I have an an issue with someone, let's say something happens. Even though all of these great things were attached, a negative emotion, a a negative thought, a negative encounter with that person deepens that thread across my brain. So now it doesn't matter if I've reconciled it. If I can still look at that person and go, ugh. Right? So we see how that works? Well, that can happen with any circumstance in life, anything that we're facing, any familiar territory that we're treading. Um, that can happen. And so with emotions, I want us to keep that in mind as we're going through this because we can retrain our mind. And that's why the Bible is so thorough on talking about retraining our mind and taking your thoughts captive and to guard your heart. That's what it's talking about. Um, my, if you're taking notes... This is going to be our our main theme for today. Emotions and feelings are indicators of our heart condition, but they are not dictators of our response. They indicate where our heart is. They indicate our heart condition on the subject at hand, but they cannot dictate our response. We can allow them to, but they in themselves do not have the power unless we give it to them. So that's going to be kind of our main theme as we're, as we're covering this. But I want to turn to uh, Psalm 139.13. 13. Shall we can repeat that? Yes. Emotions and feelings are indicators of our heart condition, but they are not dictators of our response. And again, just like if anybody needs something repeated, if one more time, perfect, go ahead, we're good. Um, emotions and feelings are indicators of our heart condition, but they cannot dictate our response or not dictators of our response. However, I know I worded it probably different every time, but the main theme is still there. Um, is everybody good? Anybody need that again? Golden. Perfect. Psalms 139, 13 is the first verse I would like to read. And we're going to read through 18. And it says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more than the number of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So one, just showing the love of our God, but two... I want to really drive home the fact that emotions and and God created us beforehand, okay? And this is going to make sense in just a a few minutes. But when it says in verse 13, for you formed my inward parts, the word inward parts, if you actually look up what that actually means, it's talking about your soul, that he has formed your soul. And your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So can we agree based on this? And we know that we are fashioned, is that our our days were fashioned before they were yet here, that God created us before the foundations of the world. So can we agree to say that before we were even here, our, our emotions, everything that, that God encompassed us to be was created? We all agree that, okay? That's going to be very foundational in moving forward in this. So we were, we, God created it that way. And then Second um, Peter 1, 2 is our next verse. I just want to lay this foundation so then the rest of this makes sense. So God has given us everything we need for life and godliness that we can partake in the divine nature of even who he is. And so we were made in his image. We are created before him. So everything that we need for life and godliness was created in us before we actually existed. Agreed? Agreed? So, so many times in our Christian life, in our Christian walk, I think, well, you know, God's still creating that part of me. Maybe I don't have patience. So God's still putting that in me. And it's so easy for us to think that. We don't. It's like we're praying, God, give me patience. God, give me peace. God, give me... And we're asking for these things, but we just agreed that all of this was already inside of us. It was already there. And one of the analogies I'm going to use, um, the David sculpture by Michelangelo, was it started out, I've got to get the, the numbers right here, it was a six-ton slab of marble is what it began. And now there's this 17-foot David that's created by Michelangelo. And they asked him, they said, how did you create such a beautiful piece of work? And he said, I didn't create anything. He said, it was rather easy, really. You just chip away everything that's not David. And so transforming that into what we just said, we're like this slab of marble that, because we've been corrupted by sin. We've been that. We were born into sin. We've given our lives to Jesus And it says that we're clay in the potter's hand. Everything that we need for life and godliness, every emotion, everything is already on the inside of us. You just simply chip away everything that's not fill in your name. And so instead of going, I need patience, I need, no, chip away the impatience. Show me, reveal to me to chip away this impatience. And so when we're talking and I say, let's be be vulnerable with each other this morning, let's be real this morning. What areas, where do those emotions spring from? There's something that they're springing from. Let's be, we don't need something to fix that. It's already on the inside of us. We just need to chip away what it's not. Does that make sense? It's almost the same as if I were to um, borrow Heather's jacket and put $100 in the pocket. And then Heather and I go shopping and I say, do you have money? And she says, no. Does she have money? So is Heather lying to me? Heather has money. Heather just doesn't know she has money. We do the same thing with God. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. God, I don't have patience. I can't deal with this. I don't have enough strength. I don't have enough boldness. I don't have... And God goes, do you not have? Or are you not pulling out what I've already given you? Or are you just not aware of what I've already put on the inside of you? Do we see how that comes full circle? So it's very important as we're going forward. I wanted to to really drive home that foundation that we're just... We're not still being created. God made us perfectly. Everything you need to answer the call of God on your life, everything you need to be the mom, the wife, the mother, the sister, the friend, the daughter, the fill-in-the-blank with whatever I did not and I left out, What everything you need has already been given to you. God created it perfectly so that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has created us already perfectly set apart for his purposes. We just don't know what we have. Because emotions, because Satan knows if he can get our emotions rolling, We focus so much on what we don't have than what we do have. But it's already on the inside of us. So we have access to these emotions. We have access to what God has put. We have access to God's peace. We have access to God's love. It's already in us. We don't need to ask for it and pray for it. I mean, I would probably look at Heather Funny when she goes, Shelby, I need to borrow $100. Mm, But do you? It's already there. So we ask God for these things and he's like, but do you? I already gave it to you. It's already on the inside of you. The cool part is, um, the sculpture could not form itself. Michelangelo had to scrape away the pieces that weren't David. We have to spend time with our creator for him to scrape away the pieces because I don't know what I'm supposed to look like. I see myself as a slab of concrete or marble or whatever stone you choose to be. That's who I see myself as. But God knows what I'm supposed to look like. So time outside of him trying to create myself will not look like what he has. Time with him knows what I'm supposed to look like so he can help me to chip away the areas that I need to chip away. So it's not about gaining things. It's about pulling out and chipping away the things that don't belong. So then I've started thinking about my emotions this week. Anytime that I'm like, ugh, it frustrates me. Why does it frustrate me? Because I've just learned this about my emotions and I know what's on the inside of me and I go that's probably not Shelby. I wanna chip away the pieces that aren't Shelby. And so then these things, it, it, it has been so cool this week studying this out. So when I say I'm being vulnerable with you guys too, that, that emotions play a toll on all of us, we just hide them really well. I mean, I'm a pastor's daughter and they ask me to speak. I don't know if you've talked to my parents, they're pretty cool pastors, but they kinda of know everything. <laughs> so I'm like, this is the coolest revelation of my life. Mom, guess what I learned today? And I'm like, all excited. She goes, yeah. And if you continue to study that. <laughs> and she's not doing it in a mean way. She's doing it in a helpful way. But for me, I'm like, so then I can go two ways. I can let that on my emotions go, dear God, I'm so far behind. I have no reason to hold this microphone. Or I can go, God has me here for a reason. And what I have to say is important. I can look at, I can, I can look at a room. and So I'm just being honest with the emotions that affect me. I can look at a room and go, man, they're probably not even listening and they probably already know this stuff because of the play on emotions that my mom knows. Right? So we, and we all have these scenarios. You can be sitting at a table right now and emotions are running through your brain about what so and so is thinking of you and who's here and why they're here and the way they looked at you 30 seconds ago. And (laughs) because we're ladies and that's what we do. (laughs) Okay? It's playing, why? Why? I don't want to be ruled by my emotions. I want to surrender that to what God has for me. And so being real, being real about what you feel, being real about, hey, I'm feeling that. And so many times it's condemnation like, I've been a Christian for this long and I should not feel this way. No, if you're feeling it, deal with it. Let God shift that away. Be honest about it. Because if we're never honest about it, it'll stay there. And so moving on, I figure if I want to know how to handle my emotions, we can look at the perfect example of Jesus. So I'm studying this sound like, did Jesus have emotion? We just don't know. So I started reading it, and yes, indeed, Jesus had emotion, and they weren't all positive. So it's okay to have negative emotions, everybody. We should all clap for each other. You can have, look at your friend and say, you can have negative emotions, it's okay. Okay? <laughs> it's really okay. Jesus had negative emotions, so we're okay to have them. But... What do we do with them? Who do we give the power to when we actually do have them? That's the key. So I can have the emotion, but now what am I going to do with them? Um, Another another story I just want to drive home that we've been given everything that we need. When Jesus fed the 5,000. And I love the Bible because stories have so many meanings. And they apply to so many areas of our lives. But when Jesus fed the 5,000... The disciples are frantically freaking out about where they're going to get all this food. What did Jesus ask them? Does anybody remember? We skipped that part because we're like, he just made all this food. (laughs) What did Jesus ask them? What do you have? Jesus said, What do you have? He didn't, that's all he said. So when I'm freaking out that I need to get all this done and I need to handle my emotions and I need to be a better wife and I need to be a better mom and I need to be a better daughter and a better employee and a better, Jesus doesn't say, well, if you had this, you could do it. He goes, what do you have? What do you have? That we acknowledge what we have and God takes our natural to make it supernatural. We acknowledge what is already on the inside of us and God takes it and multiplies it. Now, he's never multiplied my food because when I'm eating chocolate cake, I'm like, God, this is what I have. Multiply it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Coffee is another one. God, multiply it, okay? But it, what do I have? And God's going to take that and multiply it. I want to look at Matthew 15:11. and it says not what goes into the mouth defiles a man but what comes out of the mouth defiles a man are you uh, and then i'm going to skip down to 16 are you also still without understanding do you not understand that what enters whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated but those things which pro- proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, etc. We can keep going. But with that said, it's not what comes in, but what comes out defiles a man. So it's not what circumstances we face. It's not the things that we're faced with. It's not the words of other people. It's not those things that defile me. I can allow them to defile me by taking those to heart. But if I allow that to be a thought, this said... Out of the heart come evil thoughts. Sometimes I think a thought is what comes in. So this itself was a huge revelation to me. A thought is not what comes in my mind. It's what's already coming out of my mind. Does that make sense? So it's not what comes in defiles a man. It's what comes out. So a thought is not coming in. A thought is, in fact, actually coming out. So when I have a thought about someone, a situation, that's coming out of somewhere. And that's why the Bible says to take that thought captive. We're gonna get to that verse in just a little bit, but it's not coming in, the thought is not coming in, the emotion is not coming in. That's what's coming out. She made me angry, can she? Because that's coming out of you. It's not coming in from her. He made me. She, those things, those are already coming out. They're already on the outpour, those thoughts. And that rocked my world. I went, oh my gosh. That that God would reveal our heart even there. That's what's coming out of our heart. And so that's not what comes in, but comes out. So it doesn't matter what we're facing. It doesn't matter what's going on. We are going to have emotion. We are going to have thoughts. But it's so important to take those thoughts captive because that's what defiles a man. That's what's revealing our hearts. Okay. Um, Now I want to go to Mark. Oh, and the opposite of defile is honor, purify, and sanctify. So if we're having things that come out that are God-honoring, then it's actually sanctifying, cleansing us, honoring God. All of those things coming out, it's not defiling us. Does that make sense? All right, Mark 14, And this is where we actually get to see how Jesus handled the motion. And there's several, several situations throughout the Bible. Um, but this was one that I have never seen this way before. And it truly rocked my world. Reading through this. Mark 14, 33. And I want to look at a couple different things here, but this, this was incredible to me. Um, As I was studying this week says, then they came or just kidding 33 and he took Peter, James and John with him and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. So Jesus is in fact saying my soul is sorrowful being his mind, his will and his emotions are sorrowful. So Jesus is having emotions He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found him sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, so one, Jesus had a negative emotion, correct? What did he do with it? Said so that he immediately went to prayer. He had a negative emotion. He went to prayer. So, that in itself tells you how we should handle emotions. That in itself told me, man, I have the negative emotion. It's okay to have the negative emotion. I don't need to sit there and think about it. I don't need to sit there all day and go, God, why am I having this emotion and let it ponder in my heart and pray against the emotion? No. I have the emotion. And I fall on my knees and pray. Because why? Because then God's able to, to pull those things out of us that we're supposed to. He's able to chip away the things that aren't Shelby or say your name in the sentence. But God's able to do that. So we have the emotion. We go to prayer. We have the emotion. We go to prayer. We don't have the emotion and go to a friend or have the emotion and whine about it and have the emotion and ponder on it and have the emotion. We have the emotion and go to prayer. Okay, the other part of this story, and this is the part that, geez, it and rocks my world. But it says... He told told them um, to come and pray. And then he asked them why they weren't praying. Why did Jesus need prayer? I'm reading that this week and I go, I would fall asleep too. Jesus doesn't need my prayer. Right? Okay, so then I study this. Jesus wasn't asking for prayer. If Jesus was feeling that emotion, he knew the disciples would be feeling that emotion. He was teaching them to take their emotion to prayer. He knew that the strength they needed for the next situation needed to be handled in prayer. That's why he got on their case about them sleeping. It wasn't that Jesus needed their prayer so bad and they were sleeping and now he was going to the cross because they fell asleep praying. No, he didn't need their prayer. He was teaching them that when this emotion arises, when these things happen, when these things are coming, because he'd already prophesied it, they needed to pray. Well, then this verse 38, it says, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. This part. The Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. I think I got all of them. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is willing. says that His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So the Spirit is willing to empower them through this next thing that they're going to face but the flesh is weak so I think about that and I go okay so Jesus was teaching them something Judas comes with with the guards what does Peter do? whips out the sword and cuts off the guy's ear why? his emotions got the best of him because the flesh is weak I wonder if Peter would have stayed awake I wonder if Peter would have prayed that he would have been empowered. Because then he goes on to deny Jesus. Then here's the other thing. (laughs) I keep reading, and I I started busting up. I'm like, who put that there? Why is this in the Bible? In verse 51, it says, it's like out of nowhere, just fun fact number 51. Now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body, And the young man laid hold of him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. (laughs) What does that have to do with the story? (laughs) I'm like, that's cool. Why is that in there? Don't flee naked. Note to self. Keep your linen cloth. I don't know. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm studying this out going, why in the universe? And the reason that it's in there, this is indeed the book of Mark. It's not in any of the other gospels. So, in studying this out, you find that that was actually Mark. <laughs> that's what I said. I'm like, that's hilarious. I love how you wrote about yourself not in personal formation there. There was a certain man, that's how I'm going to start talking to myself. There was a certain girl who may have tripped upstairs. We don't know. <laughs> okay? It was, in fact, Mark. And you don't find it in any of the other Gospels. But I love that he included this fact about himself. That would be something I would do. Like, like, oh yeah, let me tell you what I did. (laughs) Without telling you it was me. Um, (laughs) He fled naked. Why? Fear. An emotion that he couldn't handle. And an emotion that maybe if he hadn't fallen asleep. As Jesus was trying to teach them how to handle them. do you, do we see the reaction that happened with these disciples the same ones that Jesus said watch with me and pray lest you enter into temptation these disciples that if they it, and so i wonder i, go, I i'm glad it didn't because i really love that that fun fact is in the bible because i think it's hilarious i'm like good job messing up mark that's great but <laughs> for us to go jesus didn't need our prayer and so, so many times i read it that way Jesus was trying to teach. He's facing the biggest thing in his life. The thing that literally is going to change humanity. Literally is going to change the world as they knew it at that time. So he's facing this, and if Jesus could say he was sorrowful, in, in the other books you can read this story over and over in all the different Gospels, but in the other ones it says that he cried and his sweat became blood. They go, that's some emotion. That's some passion he's pouring out. That's some... Some compassion, in in a sense, that, that he's pouring out, and he told disciples, Pray with me. He didn't need them to pray for him. He was trying to portray to them that, Hey, you're gonna need this to face what's coming next. You guys have emotions too. I have emotion. You're gonna need this for what's coming next. And they fell asleep. And so sometimes when we have these emotions, it's so easy just to, Whatever, it's just how I feel. And we don't take that to prayer right away. And then we react. And back to our beginning statement, emotions and feelings are indicators of our heart condition. They're not dictators of our response. But because they didn't acknowledge their heart condition, the emotions did in fact dictate their response. One of them ran off naked and the other one cut off a guy's ear. I mean, that's just great. Same thing in our lives. We have an emotion. We take it to our knees, we take it to prayer, we take it and we allow God to replace that emotion, that feeling with what he's already put on the inside of us. That's how we handle our emotions. That's how we remain constant. So Jesus had emotions, but he was never an emotional roller coaster. He knew I'm having this feeling, I'm going to take it to prayer and allow God to pull out on the inside of me what he's already put there and shape me and cut away what's not Jesus. To cut away what's not Shelby, to cut away what's not, put your name in there. Then we're not praying for something, we're going, God, take this and and show me what you've already put on the inside of me to handle this, because I know I've been given everything I need for life and godliness to handle this situation. God isn't surprised at where you're at, at where you're working, at what your home life is, and we can think it's just a stress mess and I need to figure something out. God's not surprised, and he's putting everything on the inside of you that you need to handle where you're at right now. But we can't just ponder on our emotions or we lessen what God's put on the inside of us. I want to just look at one more example in Second Chronicles 20, verse 2. This is another just really cool story. I mean, there's lots of people that, that handle emotions and different things throughout the Bible. But 20, verse 2. 2 Chronicles 2, Shelby? 20, verse 2. We're going to skip around just a little bit, but... We'll start in 2 and read 2 and 3 first. And this is um, Jehoshaphat. And uh, they're about to be attacked. And so one of his men come and They said, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in some cool places that I can't pronounce. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Okay, we read through that really fast. But look at what that just said. Jehoshaphat what? Feared. feared. And then what? So, he the Lord. Hmm. so everything is coming against him, and it says he feared. So he did, in fact, have negative emotions too. He feared. Another translation says, alarmed, Jehoshaphat went to seek the Lord. So he feared. So he had the emotion and then set out to seek the Lord. So we, we have the emotion, and then we set out to seek the Lord. We have the emotion, we set out to seek the Lord. That we don't have the emotion and ponder on it. He didn't have the emotion and go and cry about it. He didn't have the emotion and run away. He didn't have the emotion and try to come up with his own plan to fix it. Like we so many times do. I have my emotion and I need to fix this. I can handle this. I don't need God to fix it because I think God is ashamed of it. I, I mean, I was looking at those emojis and I'm like, how many of these does God make at me every day? The little blue face, it's like. <laughs> that's the one I'm pretty sure God makes at me all the time. <laughs> because sometimes we, we look at these and we're like, I'm having this emotion again. God, I'll figure it out this time because I feel bad asking you to help me again. And so we're just going to try to fix it. If Joseph had would have tried to fix this, it would not have gone well in his favor. So let's skip over it, um, verse 15. And it says that the Lord answered after being in prayer. But it, it says the Lord answered, "Do not be afraid, nor dismay." Okay, do not be afraid. What did the original verse say that he did? Fear. Feared. So God answered the emotion at hand. Right? He didn't say, um, "Trust me," or. I don't know. Have self-control. He answered the exact thing that Jehoshaphat prayed. He said, he feared. And now God says, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I, God answers us the same way. We have an emotion that we're, we, we don't have peace or there's anger. Or God will answer that emotion and then say, hey, the, the battle's not yours, it's mine. Meaning we just have to obey. Our, obe- our obedience is, is key in these, in these emotions because I'm just going to give it to God. I'm going to go to prayer. God's going to give me a peace. God's going to give me a love. God's going to give me forgiveness. God's going to give me whatever there is. He's going to pull out of what's already in me. He's just going to make known to me what I already have. He's not going to give me something that I think I don't have. And with that, he's going to chisel away the thing that is. But I have to recognize it first. If I react in anger, obviously I need to deal with some anger. But it's not that I need God's love. It's already in me. He's just going to chisel away the anger and all the love to shine through. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Philippians 4, 6 says to be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication and, um, and thanksgiving, making your requests known to God. And then it goes on to say that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Do not be anxious for anything. Anxious, anxiety, fearful, those are emotions. But in all things with prayer supplication and thanksgiving. My mom always says, you know, gratitude changes your attitude. Being thankful for some things with God. And, it, and it, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's not peace that I'm like, I don't understand that I could have this much peace. No. It's my understanding of the situation. It's my understanding of the thing that I'm dealing with. It's my understanding of the conflict. And so it, it surpasses my understanding and it guards my heart and mind, which are the two things that we took note of at the beginning that that's what we have to guard that's where our emotions are going to spring from it says they guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life that we are to guard those things to take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of christ um we don't need a strength if we're not weak we don't need forgiveness if we're perfect we don't need comfort if we're not or if we're aren't uncomfortable um, we don't need peace if we're not frazzled and you can, can we can continue in those and continue in those and continue in those That we don't need love if we're not angry we don't need and so we need God but that's already on the inside of us and he's able to pull those things out of us um, that, so I put down on here that what's our part then? so our part it says that we're supposed to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling that God has indeed already put everything that we need on the inside of us It's already in me, but that doesn't mean I can just go through life flippantly. There's still my part to this that I need to walk out my salvation. Again, when we go back, David could not have formed himself. Michelangelo had to make the sculpture because he knew that he was chipping away what wasn't David. I have to spend time with my creator. I have to spend time with my Jesus so that he can chip away the things that aren't Shelby because I don't know what Shelby's supposed to look like. I have to resolve in my heart that, and this is something that um, I've, I've answered different things that have come up this week. That I go, I have to resolve in my heart that I am more concerned about honoring my Jesus with what He's putting on the inside of me than I am satisfying my flesh and my emotions. That I am more concerned, and no matter what situation it is, because as women, <laughs> we have a right to act how we act and react how we act and the blame other people and whatever else we have that but in reality do we have that right that to resolve in ourselves that I am more concerned with honoring my Jesus than I am satisfying my emotions that no matter what I'm facing and no matter how hard the circumstance is no matter how ununderstanding we are about it no matter uh, what comes up in one day it can be I just spent time in prayer and everything went wrong Our job is, I will honor my Jesus before I satisfy my flesh. And I know what he's put on the inside of me because all we have to do is read the fruit of the spirit and you know what's in there. God already put that on the inside of me and I have access to that. And I will choose to honor God before I satisfy my flesh. Because we all, if we're honest, the thought crosses our mind, I should not respond this way. And then half of us go, watch me, and do it anyway. <laughs> okay? We do. And then we feel bad and apologize later. Um, but whether it's <laughs> it's true, <laughs> that's why I say we're going to be honest. We're going to expose some things in our lives today that it's very, very true. And how we react to the people around us. How we, I don't care how she treated you. I don't care how he treated you. Your job is to be obedient and honor God first. It is not about you catering to your emotions. That's where I'm at in my life. That's where, and so when I say just, I just want to be transparent, I want to be real with you guys to go, emotions affect everything around us. Everything, movies, songs. You can get in your car in a few minutes and hear a song, and it will give you chill bumps or make you cry or make you angry or bring up a really bad memory. Or those are emotions, they play constantly. But I, I will not live my life allowing emotions to control my life. I will not live from angry to frustrated to stressed out to happy to sad to my, my life will not look like the emojis on my cell phone. They they're, <laughs> We use them all the time. Happy. I'm extra happy. I'm gritting my teeth happy. We have emotions. I'm laughing so hard I'm crying. We experience those in real life. But always take them back. Always turn them upward. Always take those and go, what is the root of this? Because it's not coming in, it's coming out. Which means it's already in my heart. So if I can get angry, if a person comes to mind, mm. where's that coming from? We can say all day, I've forgiven, I've forgiven, I can for- I've forgiven. But if the name comes up and your emotions go a little bit, hey, why are you having forgiven? And just saying... We're being honest. We're being vulnerable here. That I don't think um, when Jesus hears my name, he grits his teeth like, mm, had to die for her. <laughs> I don't think that, that Jesus hears my name and, and goes, she betrayed me. I, I don't think that of my Jesus. And so my job is to honor my Jesus. And so that person that may have hurt me, that person that may have betrayed me, we all know hurt. We all know betrayal. We all know that person that crosses my mind. Why can't my thought, my heart condition come forth in love for that person? Maybe a little bit of compassion to go, oh my gosh, look at where their life is. That we can get over our pride and be able to honestly go, God, you've put me in their life on purpose and... And even through this, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to love them. And I always think of Joseph that the ultimate betrayal was played on his life. But then his family had to come ask him for food. Me, personally, would be like, starve. (laughs) You jerks. (laughs) Okay, and that's how a bunch of us would respond. But Joseph didn't. He loved them. He loved them. Peter straight up denies Jesus. What does he do? You, you look through the Bible over and over and over again. And so let's be real with each other. Let's be real with ourselves. We've got to learn as women to be real with ourselves. To really identify what's going on in my heart. And not try to hide it. But just be real and go, why when that person comes to mind, does it cause hurt? Does it cause I haven't allowed God to chisel that away and bring out what he has for me. Because to be honest, your anger and resentment towards that person does not affect them. It affects you. It affects us. And so what's in our heart? God wants us to be free. God wants us to be perfect, whole and complete, lacking nothing. And that's how he's created us and he's already put that on the inside of us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And he's already put that in us and we can't, we can't forget that he wants to pull that out of us. And so being honest with ourselves is what's going to be first. Is what's coming out. Why does this situation push me overboard? Why does the morning stress of getting my kids ready push me overboard? Those are moments to savor. Moments to enjoy. Those are memories. God's given us that if we just stop. So be still and know that I am God. It's my favorite scripture of all time. Be still and know that I am God. That... I can sit there and go, God is still God. God knows that I'm here, and he's given everything I need on the inside of me to handle this situation that I'm sitting in right now. And he watches the peace of God floods it. When the disciples and Jesus were on the water, and it went crazy. And the disciples are freaking out. And Jesus is just taking a snooze. <coughs> That's what I want to be like. Everything's going crazy. I'm like, oh, I think I'll nap here. Thanks. I think I'll rest here. Thanks. And that's been my answer this week. Things go crazy and I go, be still and know that I am God. I think I'll rest here, thanks. Because it's not an outward circumstance that changes. So many times we want the circumstance we're in to change so that we can have inner peace. Mm-hmm. Come on. They can't do that. But the inner peace that my God's already put in the inside of me gives me a different perception of my circumstance and then it becomes peaceful. Does that make sense? comes inner and then goes out. We can't pray for the circumstance around us to change. God, help my kids stop being so annoying so I'm not so stressed out. <laughs> because when my kids stop being annoying, I promise I will be peaceful. <laughs> but will you? <laughs> right? But when I experience that inner peace, then it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I already have that on the inside of me. I already have that peace. And God's able to work that in me. And then he's chisel away the things that the annoyances, the little things that, that set me over because now I'm retraining my mind that when kids are haywire in the morning, I have peace and I get a morning with my kids. And when, when whatever is going on, you guys can feel the situations in, in your mind that just cause emotional upheaval, that you've retrained your mind that when that thing comes to mind or that thing or circumstance comes into play, that we've retrained our mind that that means peace. That no longer do our thoughts cue negative emotions, but they cue the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Back to I mean, what Jesus said at the beginning. It says that the Spirit um, is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. It's willing to work on my behalf. My flesh is weak, but I choose who I give power to with my emotions. I choose if I'm going to give them to my circumstance. I choose if I'm going to give them to my God. Both of which will shape and form my, my, my sculpture that I'm living in. Both of which will. Um, I just want to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Um, I want to read Isaiah 41.10, just because I, I didn't know if I would go there or not. But sometimes we really forget that God's out for our good, and that he really is with us, and that he really is, he really wants the best for us. And sometimes you forget that in the craziness of life. And we have to bring it back down to perspective that, you know, I'm thinking this week I'm praying and frustrated about some things. and, And I just go, God, are you here? Like, why am I so frustrated about this? And it's so cool that God brings things back to perspective that I think about for a minute and I go, you know, I'm kind of made out of a rib, so... When I think that I can overpower God, I mean he made man from dirt. Like here I am, dirt clod. But we're not marble, we're formed dirt clods. But <laughs> but we put back in perspective who God is, and that he cares so much about us, and that he cares so much about even our emotions and the things that we're facing in life. My God cares about the work I'm doing. My God cares about the lives of my kids, my family, my job the little things that seem insignificant to everybody else my god cares and so this is one of my another one of my favorite scriptures just because it it shows so much of god's love for us but isaiah 41 10 and then we'll read 13 as well but it says fear not for i am with you be not dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you yes i will uphold you i will help you with my righteous right hand For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. It's truly the heart of our God. He's going, I'm available to help you. I am here no matter what. I want to help you. I want to see the best in you, and I know what I've already put on the inside of you. Come hang out with me so I can can help you pull that out. And... So I guess is our our challenge in this that we can say this is a really good work, we can say, hey, I learned something cool today about my emotions. And say, hey, I learned this really cool scripture about the naked guy running away. It's hilarious. Okay, we can we can say all of that. But before you leave, take some time to even just write down what are those emotions that you know are constant stirs or constant things that weigh you down? Are constant things that you can't live in peace and freedom, what are those? And truly seek God. Truly take it to prayer. Don't try to figure it out by yourself. Take it. Don't let this just be another message you hear. Let it truly go, God, reveal. If you don't know God, reveal my heart. Reveal my heart to me. Show me what emotions come forth, what things, what thoughts, what people do I need to forgive. Reveal my heart to me. So don't just leave with a good message. Don't just leave with some fun ideas and some cool quotes. Leave with a truly transformed heart. Maybe a vulnerable heart. Maybe you haven't been real in so long. Sometimes I, I get to that place in prayer where I go, I just, I feel like I have to put on a front constantly. And I can't just be real before my God. And I'm allowed to be real. And so leave with that. Leave with, I I can be real and it's okay. But I'm going to take these to God. And God, I want you to sculpt me. I don't want to sculpt myself. But it comes down to time in his presence. It comes down to time in his word. And it comes it comes down to time hanging out with him and sometimes we can be so busy we can that that's the one thing we forget it is the most important thing none of life can happen without that nothing in life can, can happen without time in his Word and time in his presence it should be the most important thing on our agenda and if we can't make that I mean we've, we've got to be honest we've got to be truthful we're here together if we don't make time in the word we can't ever get past these barriers that we will cons- consistently face in our life and we can continually ask God for things that he's already given us access to, but we won't hang out with him to find out what those are. And so make it a point, I will not miss time with my God. I don't care what else has to come second. I will not miss time with my God because I can't live life without him. That we get to the point in our, in our day, we sing that song. Oh, I mean, we sing worship songs all the time, but there's a song that says, um, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. I was worshiping to that the other day and I was convicted. Because I thought, every hour, do I actually acknowledge that I need God? Do I actually take time every hour and go, God, I need you, and truly mean it? Or do I just sing about it? We tell God nice things, but do we live them out? Every hour, I need you, that we build as ladies, and that's the heart of Conquer Connect, that's the heart of our small groups, that's the heart of my mom and her vision for this, is that us as ladies... That we don't just say nice things to God. We don't act like Christian women and really have a gossip club. Um, It really comes down to, do we need God? That we as women, that this group of ladies, that us as women, as moms, as daughters, that we can truly honestly say, I need my God today. I can't live without my God today. I can't function without my God today. Because until we come to that point of acknowledging that, we'll live without him. Because if you can live without him, you will. And so if we're satisfied with how life is without him, we'll continue to live that way. But if we can truly come to the point that goes, I can't live without my God today. I can't be a mom without my God today. I can't be a wife without my God today. I can't be an employee without my God today. It can't just be words that come out of your mouth. But where God's been able to invade your heart, you've been able to be real and honest enough with you that goes, no, I truly can't. I'm really good at putting on a front, but I cannot live without my God. That I am nothing without my God that, that brings us to that, that humble point of I, I, get, I, I get to love my God. And if that's all, at the end of the day that I go, I've got to love my God today. I've got to feel his love today. That's enough. Because then I know I'm right where he wants me to be. I'm, I'm doing exactly what he wants me to do. So that's all I have today. I'll go ahead and close in prayer. But I, I do encourage you, do not leave with with just some cool notes. Leave with going, God, invade my heart. And, and we'll have, I'll have Jesse put on some worship music to where you can um, even just sit here and, and pray for a little bit. We usually don't get out of here till noon. Sorry, I'm so short. But... <laughs> we can, you can take that time, take a few extra moments here and just let God reveal your heart to you and set down some things that go, show me where I've learned to live without you and don't let me live without you again. So we're going to go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much. So, so much just for who you are. I thank you for your love. I thank you for how much you love each and every one of us. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you're an honest God, that you're you're a trustworthy God, and I thank you so much for who you've called each and every one of us to be. I thank you for, for who you've created us all to be. Father, I thank you for where you've set us in our lives today, that it's not by accident and you're not surprised. I thank you that you would reveal our hearts to us today and this week, Father, that we would know you in a way that we've never known you before, that we would rely on you in a way that we've never relied on you before. Father, make make yourself known to us in a new way. Let us be okay with being honest about ourselves. That we would be real before you, Father, real in our families, real in our lives. We trust you, we honor you, we praise you. I thank you for a wonderful week ahead of these ladies. I just thank you so much for who you are. We're so overwhelmed by, by your love and by you. In Jesus' name, amen.